Greetings! On behalf of Pastor Joshua Lockett and Triad Christian Center, we welcome you to the Movement Podcast. 2019 is the year of the team player, and Pastor Josh challenges us to connect, join, and serve in the local ministry to advance the kingdom of God. We're glad you're joining us today, so let's tune in to this week's message. Amen. So uh, it's very critical um, that we realize that 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 service and reverence of the Lord is 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 key, I believe, for believers. Something that we should do, but we want to go back more to the the broader scale of things with talking about service. And th- simply put, we're just going to talk about giving what we have. You know, a lot of us sometimes, uh, because of insecurity, we try to give something we don't have. And uh, y- you know, Jesus says, "Freely you receive, freely give." And I believe it's to the measure that you receive that you should be given. That we should be giving. And I believe that we're going to find out that if everybody will just find their place and do their part, it'll make everything better. And uh, so many times we can find ourselves finding someone else's place and doing their part. And what you have is you have a copy instead of an original. And so I believe today that we're going to find out how powerful it is, how powerful and capable you already are in Christ if you just stay in your lane. Tell your neighbors today, but stay in your lane. Amen. You know, when people get out of their lane, what happens? You have wrecks, you crash, and you have destruction, and you have people uh, saying, I rebuke you, devil, in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, so, but Mark 10, verse 45 says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. It says, Mark 10, verse 45, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for Many. Jesus came not to be served, but he came to serve. So if we are followers of Jesus, we should be doing what? We should be serving. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 11. I want to go there really quickly. And that is on your outline. It's one of the first scriptures that we have. And it says, now you should finish what you started. It says, let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving. Now, a lot of times people think about giving as just we just put money in the bucket, but giving is actually a form of service. It's, it's, how, it's a ministry. The Bible calls it a ministry, so ministry means service. It says, and give in proportion to what you what? Have. Not what you don't have, it's what you have. And it says, whatever you give is acceptable if it is what? If you give it what? Eagerly and give according to what you and not what you, let me go back and read that again. And giving, and give according to what you have, not what you don't have. And give according to what you have, and not what you what? Now, in order to give what you have, you got to know what you have. <laughs> and I believe that that's why it's so critical. We'll talk about this a little bit more at the end. That's why it's so critical that everybody finds out what their gifts are, what their talents are what their strengths are, because how many of you have something to offer? Amen. And so we read in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it goes on and says, it gives us another scripture, and I want to read this as well. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it says, God has given each of you a what? A gift from his great variety. Stop right there. Variety means what? Different. Unique. 
It, it, it can mean that it's not the same. It says variety of spiritual gifts. And he says, use them what? Well, to do what? Serve one another. And he says, do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? It says, do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. And then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. And so he says, everything you're going to do is going to bring glory to God when you use the gift you have. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, I'm special. Well, you know what? I'm special. And so sometimes as believers, we love to hear other people's testimonies because uh, it inspires us. But the danger of hearing people's testimonies sometimes is that when we hear their testimonies, we try to repeat it. And we try to repeat their gifting. And we try to repeat their talent. And we try to walk like them. And we try to talk like them. And we try to, y'all ain't talking to me. We try to be a father like them and be a mother like them and be an employee like them and be a businessman like them. But how many know that God has given you your own special, special uniqueness? Amen. And tell your neighbor, say, if you question it, just look at your hand. Look at your fingerprints. Amen. Them lines on your hand. There's nobody else that got lines on their hand like you do. Say, I got special lines. Amen. And so, you know, and when it talks about serving, I believe you have to realize, as we talk about this today, that you are special. You have something special to offer to God. Now, you know, if you don't realize that, it can cause a lot of insecurity. Because if you don't feel like you have a place that's been already ordained by God before you ever even got on the earth, you're going to try to fight to get position. But how many of you know in the kingdom, you don't have to fight to get position? Because God has already given you a position. Jesus, Jesus knew about his kingdom. He didn't have to sit there and argue with, go back and forth uh, with the leader. He, he knew his position. He knew his power. He knew his authority. So he was, I believe, free to serve. He was free to serve. So tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, you're special. You're unique. And you have something to offer. Look at the other and say, neighbor, you have something to offer. Mark chapter 6, verse 37. It's a scripture that we all know about, about when Jesus took some catfish and he took some cornbread. <laughs> How many of y'all like catfish? Raise your hand. We don't have any of that for the college students today, so. <laughs> 6 verse 36, it says, send the crowds away so they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to what? Eat. Man, so they need to go get something to eat at Chipotle or, or over at Wendy's. And, but Jesus said this. Jesus said, you, he said what? And this is what they said. And I believe this is what we say a lot of times when God asks us to serve people. He, they say, they said what? With, with what? With what? With what? That's what we say. With what, God? How am I going to do this? With what? You know, God will ask you to do stuff, but like the resources are not always obvious, but they're there. And he says, he says, with what? He said, they asked, we'd have to work for months to earn enough what? To buy what? For all these people. And then Jesus asked the question to him. He asked, verse 38, what did he ask him? He said, how much bread do you have? It's about what you have. And guess what? He already knows what you have. 
It says, it says, he asks, he asks, he says, he asks, go and find out. They came back and report, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. And I bet you when they came back and said it, they thought Jesus was going to say, you know what, guys, after second thought, let's just all go to Chipotle. He didn't say that. Jesus didn't say that. He said, then Jesus told the disciples, all right, tell the people to sit down. Tell everybody to sit down. We're about to eat. They're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We five loaves, two fish of bread, thousands of people. Logically, that doesn't make sense. But see, with God, he could take your little and make much out of it. Yeah. That's why it's important just to give what you have. Just be obedient. Tell your neighbors, neighbor, be obedient. Give what you, give what you have. So the first point I want to say is that God wants to use what he has given to us. God wants to use, when we talk about giving what we have, there's a couple of things you need to know about giving what we have. God wants to use what he's given. In other words, God can make a request in the place that he made an investment. In other words, God knows what he's asking you for when he's asking you for it because he's already made an investment. Every gift that you have right now, God knows how he deposited it, when he deposited it, and for what reason he deposited it. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, God makes a request where he invests. And so we see that in, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 11, it says, go on and give what you have. Don't give what somebody else. Give what you have. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from where? Above. So if it's, is money good? So if you have it, that means God gave it to you. Are y'all with me? So he, he wants to use, he's, he's requesting what he invested. You look at the parable of the, of the servants and everything uh, of, the, of, the, of the stewards, the good stewards, and he asked them for what he gave them. He said, I want to see a return. You know, God is one of the best investors ever. And he, he's not only a good investor, he wants to see a return. And so when he asks for something, it's prophetic of what he's given us even if you can't see it. Tell your neighbor's neighbor, you have hidden treasure that God is calling for. But the problem is we can't see it, so we don't know we can give it. They didn't see how God was, they didn't even know they had five loaves and two fish, but God knew they had it. And God will take the little you have and make the much. Here goes the other point I want to give you. God wants to use what you have, even if you don't feel like it will make impact. That's, oh, that's, even if you feel like it's, God, I'm sorry, I don't have anything, I lack. The Bible says in uh, Mark chapter 6, verse 37, we'll read it again. It says, with what? Lord, what are we going to, you feed them with what? They ask. We have to work for months to earn enough, to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. Sometimes when God asks you to give something, it doesn't start off like it's the solution. It ends up the solution. You didn't get what I said. It doesn't start off being the answer to the problem. It ends up being the answer to the problem. But it's your obedience that causes it to be the answer to the problem. God already knows what you have when he asks for it. But he's going to blow on it. He's going to increase it. He's going to multiply. He said, give me, give me some scripture for that. In John chapter 2, it tells us something. It gives us a story about Jesus' first miracle. It says in verse 1, the next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. 
And it says the wine. And so everybody's taking Instagram pictures and Facebook. They didn't tell you that, but that's what was happening, baby. So they, but it said verse 3, it says the wine supply ran out. Now, I'm not getting into a teaching on wine. Just go with the story. The wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother told them, told them what? They have no more what? So we got a problem, Jesus. We ain't got no more wine. We got a problem. And then Jesus says, dear woman, that's not our what? All right. Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. But, verse 5, his mother told who? Mm. Who did she tell? You didn't get what I said. Who did she tell? She told the servants, the servants about the problem. And, and she told them, she said, let me give you some advice. Do whatever he tells you. And this is what the Bible says. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for, maybe it had some aquafina in there. No, really it wasn't. It says, used for Jewish ceremonial washing. And it says, each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Verse 7, Jesus told the servants, do, what did he tell the servants? What did he tell the servants? He told the servants to do what? Fill the jars with wine. But the problem is you need more wine. You didn't get what I said. The problem is we need wine, Jesus. We don't need more water. Because it might not start off the solution, but it'll end up the solution. But you got to be willing to serve God and say, Lord, I'll say yes, even if it don't make sense. Even if it starts off being water, I believe after you get your hands on it, it will turn to wine. Yeah, it'll turn to wine. You mean to tell me to spend an extra minute with my child a day? can help to redirect them and put them on the right course. He says, yes, if you just give me the water, I'll turn it into wine. I'll turn them into the man or woman of God I called them to be. If you just give me what seems like it's not enough now, I'll make it enough. Yeah, so he said, he said, he said, Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. And he says, when the jars had been what? Filled. He said what? Now dip some out. And take it to the master ceremony. So the servants follow his instruct. The, ser the servants did what? That's key, people of God. That's what we're doing this year as a team. We're following the instructions. Even if it's water, we're still giving. We're filling up the jars. And when the master ceremonies tasted the water, that was now what? See, it turned. It changed. Not knowing where it had come from, though, of course, the servants, the servants knew. And he called the bridegroom over. I wonder if God's going to turn somebody's water into wine this year. Yeah. yeah. So you don't know what just disciplining yourself and just, just taking an extra five minutes just to worship the Lord every day. You don't know how to turn the water that you have into wine. It, it, because when you begin to worship with the water, he can turn it into a business idea. Revelation can come that will allow you to serve more people. Why? Because you simply obeyed him when he told you to fill up the jars with water. But so many times we get stuck on the water and we never get to the wine. Y'all ain't talking to me. We get stuck on, God, this is water. This is not wine. This is, this is my lack of credibility. This is my lack of, of education. This is water. This is not wine. But he says, if you go there, even with your lack of education, I'll blow on it and make it seem like you have a Ph.D. I'll turn it into, I'll turn it into wine if you just will simply do what I, what I tell you to do. Just do it. Say, just do it. Just, just do it. So sometimes we feel 
inadequate. We feel like we don't have enough, but God will sometimes ask you for things that doesn't seem like it's enough to make it enough. In verse, in verse, in chapter John, John chapter 6, verse 7, there's another um, taking of the, the fishes and the loaves, and I want to read it, John 6, verse 7. It says something, Philip replied, even if we, we work for months, we wouldn't have enough to feed them. And verse 8 says this, then Andrew, Simon's Peter brother, spoke up. He says, he says, there's a young boy here with what? With five barley loaves and what? Two fish. He says, but he says, but what good is that with this what? Huge crowd. And this is what Jesus says, verse 10. He goes on. There's a he says, tell everyone to sit down. Jesus says, so they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered 5,000, which doesn't include the children, doesn't include the women. And it says, verse 11, it says, then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and did what? To the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate what? As much as they wanted. But in verse 9, he says what? Go back to verse 9. He says, it's verse 9. Go back to verse 9. I'm going to show you something. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that? What good is that? What good is my gift in the church? Y'all ain't talking to me. I, you know, some of us feel we're not good enough to do a work for the Lord. We have allowed condemnation to kick us out of our calling. We have allowed shame to kick us out of our calling. We don't feel we have anything good enough for what God's calling us to do. Can I talk a little bit? You can be right up in the church but feel so insecure about what you did last night. And when God is calling you to go serve him, you don't feel, you say, I got to get right before I start serving him. Y'all ain't talking to me. I got to pray more. I got to fast more. I got to, what if he's telling you, I'll use the lack of prayer you have right now. I'll take the water and I'll turn it into wine. Because obedience is better than sacrifice. Yeah. See, that's what happened. See, Adam ran away from the call of God. Why? Because he was ashamed. Shame will have you running from places God never told you to run from. Shame will have you moving to a whole nother city, a whole nother state, and God never even told you to go there. Why? Because shame can bring about fear. How many, that's why I believe Paul would even venture to say, he said, Timothy, let me talk to you, son. He said, God, let me, let me make this clear. God has not given us the spirit of fear because fear will cause you to make your, your gift dormant. Fear will cause you to make you feel empty and ridiculous. Y'all ain't get what I said. It will cause you to feel empty and ridiculous. Y'all still not getting what I'm saying. Fear will have you, fear will have you forming excuses and making reservations. Y'all not talking to me. And, and reserving yourself. Fear will have you holding back what God has called you to give. Exodus chapter 4, I'll read another scripture. Tell your neighbors and neighbor, it's good enough if God says it's good enough. Verse 10, Exodus 4, verse 10. Yeah, tell your neighbors and neighbor, just do it. Just do it. It says, but Moses pleaded with the Lord, oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have, 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 have been, and I'm not now 
I've never been what? I'm not very what? Good. I'm not very good, God. I'm not very good. I'm not good enough, God. I'm not very good. I'm not very good. I'm just not good with leading people. I can't start this business. I'm not good. I'm not I'm not good with my social skills. So how am I going to ever raise a child? I'm just not good. And God says, I'm still calling you to be a parent. I'm still calling you to be the mother that I've called you to be, the, the father that I've called you. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. Watch this. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not handsome enough. I'm not charismatic enough. I don't talk. People, people are not moved when I speak enough. I didn't have the right parents enough that raised me the right way enough. I grew up and it was cussing and fussing every night. So I don't have enough. Can I go on to tell you this? God can take what's not enough and make it enough, but you've got to say yes. Because God still turns water into wine. Why don't people witness? Because they don't feel like they're good enough. And God says, I can take your stuttering stuff and cause my anointing to fall on it. And it will bring great deliverance and great freedom. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I don't measure myself by my perception. I measure myself by how God sees me. And the word says, I can do all things. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ. Uh-oh, not through my education, not through my degree, not through all the people that like me on Instagram. He said, I could, I could do all things through Christ. That's the problem sometimes is that we don't want to depend on God. Yeah, we don't want to depend. See, try it. There are some lives. There are some. See, some of us right here in this, in this sanctuary have testimonies that some of us are afraid to share. Because we don't feel like the testimony is good enough. What can God do with my testimony? But God can take your testimony, multiply it, and feed thousands with it. But you got to give it to Y'all ain't talking. You got to submit. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor, just do it. So what is the enemy lying to you about telling you that you're not good enough to do? Every time he tells me to just say, devil, I, I know what's going to happen to you in a couple more years. You're going to get thrown in a lake. Tell them, say, you ain't good enough. Tell them, say, devil, you ain't good enough. Insecurity, man, it will wreck your destiny. It will wreck your destiny. You thinking that you're not good and you scared and, it's, and you, oh, God, what am I going to do? And, 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 and you're afraid of something that ain't even happy yet. Because fear sometimes has a way of doing that. And, and it has you looking around, you know, when you're scared, everything can scare you, mate. Somebody just touch you, you jump. And they're like, dude, calm down. But if fear is in you, it can come out of you. God wants to deliver us from fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear, of power, and love, and a sound mind. What if somebody has the gift of speaking? Can I tell you this? I'm going to keep reading this because I want to get through this. I've got to close. But it says, it says, I'm not very good with what? You think he was trying to you think he was trying to inform God about some stuff? Just like they said, Lord, we would have to work for months to get the food. Why do we do that? 
why do we sit there and argue back and forth with God and try to inform him like he's, he's not the only wise God? He, he said, I made your brain, dude. Come on. He says, I never have been, and I'm not now. He said, this has been something that's been from my past to my present. This has been an issue going on in my life. And he says, even though you have spoken to me, I get what? I get, get, get tongue-tied. And my words get tangled. And I love what God says. I've already read this, but I want to read this one more time because this is, this is healing to someone right here. Verse 11 says, you, amen. Thank God for turning water into, turning Exodus into revelation. Thank God. Amen. Verse 11, then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a what? Who decides, I love, don't you like when God speaks like that? You don't like when he's speaking to you like that, but you like when he. He says, then the Lord asks Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who makes, it's almost like when he asks the question, he says, he says, Ezekiel, can these bones live? They can't even live. And then Ezekiel didn't even give him, I only know if he gave him the best answer. He said, but he tried to, he probably gave him a safe answer. He says, Lord, you don't want to know that. And then he said, speak to, the, speak to the bones. And sometimes there are things that we do. See, a lot of us say, I got to get all my fear out before I step out in faith. Can I encourage you going to step out scared? <laughs> you might lose a little sleep at night, but thank God I did it. At least I obeyed God. I said, then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not what? See or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? And verse 12 says this. This is very good, God. I like what you're saying. He says this in verse 12. Switch it over. It's coming. I know it is. It says, now go. I will be with you as you speak, and I will do what? So he said, go on. I said, I, he said, I heard your story. Sounds good. I almost cried a little bit. No. He said, but you need to go on, and you need to do what I've called you to do. So you might say, I lack financial resources to do it, but if God is telling you to do it, then you bet your best bet is to do what? To go on and do it. The song says the safest place in the whole wide world is in the will of God. It's, it's in the will of God. So, so you might not feel like it will make great impact, but it will. We know that God gave him Aaron and he helped him out, but God used Moses powerfully. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, give him a yes. Give him a yes. The next, the next point is God wants us to use what we have. God wants us to use what we have the best way we can. God wants us to use what we have the best way we can. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11, it says this. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11, it says, use Used, actually, it's actually in verse 10. Let me go back up to verse 10. It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. That's why it's important that we go to Connect Day. Use them well to what? Use them well. Use them well. Whatever you have, use it, use it to its maximum potential. Max it out. Max it out. If you, if you serve people well and, and cook, you know, there's a person, and I don't want, please, y'all, please, don't, don't cook anything or bake anything for me. You don't have to do that. I'm just giving an example. 
But there's a person that I know that, that they bless, they bless my, my, my stomach. Amen. I don't know if they bless my soul too much. Amen. But they bless my stomach, and they make this thing called sweet potato pie. Y'all ever taste sweet potato pie? See, that's their, that's their talent. Now, I don't know if that's an anointing, but I'm going to venture to say, I'm just going to say now it's an anointing. Because anytime you can eat, I won't tell you how fast I can eat it either. But, but, but their service can encourage me. You say, how can it encourage me? I don't know, but it encouraged me some way. Amen. It tastes good. And so, and so their service, think of how many lives can be changed, how many doors can be opened. The Bible says your gift, it says, will make what? Room for you. How many, how many people, even for Easter Sunday, through our gifts and our service, as we use it to the best of our ability, it can open up doors when we put all of our uh in our sweet potato pie. When we put all of our uh, some of you might make things. You're good at sewing things. You might have a lot of, uh, here we go, you might have a whole lot of clothes left over from your kids. They're grown up. They're too big for them now. How about gift? You might have a gift of giving. Why not give that to the best of your ability? Some of you might have a gift of encouragement. You make people feel like they can be anything they, they can be. You make them feel like you can be the president, and they're 70 years old. You, you, you get done, you can be the president of the United States. I'm about to go run for president. No political background whatsoever. Somebody said, it's been done before. They encourage you. It's been, and if God can do it before, he can do it again. See, people who have a gift of encouragement, they hate discouragement, I would say. They hate to see people discouraged. What you doing? I'm just, uh, just living life. They'll come over and grab you. They'll, they'll, they'll make you angry because they want you to be encouraged. You'll be encouraged just to get them out your face. What's your gift? Is it, it could be a gift of speaking. It's a gift of speaking. Now, let me say something to you that's going to be very interesting to you because I, I want to go back to a scripture. Uh, yeah, I want to go back to a scripture in Acts 7, verse 22. I want to show you something because I want to give one more thing about insecurity before we go, go and finish this point of doing, doing your best, trying your best, giving your best. It says in Acts 7, verse 22, it says something. It says that Moses was taught all the what? Of the Egyptians. And he was what? Both what? Now, Moses had just told God, I've never been good in speaking. See, it's not about what you think about yourself. It's about what God thinks about you. See, a lot of us are caught up on, God, I'm weak. But can I tell you, what you think is a weakness, God could be calling a strength. What you think is the area that you lack in, God says you are abundant in. The Bible says that he was powerful in both speech and action. He told God, y'all heard, I read the story with you. I drew it out for you. I, and he said, Lord, I can't speak. And I, da-da-da-da-da, and I can't, I can't pray for the sick. I, I don't even, I want to see people healed, but what am I? I don't pray a lot. What if God said, it don't matter about praying a lot. Just obey. And can I say this to you? By the way, for those of you that don't believe God can use you to heal, it's amazing that Judas was stealing money from Jesus, and he, was, he still had authority to cast out demons and heal the sick. How can a thief cast out demons and heal the sick? Y'all ain't talking to me. Because if God is on you, that's why it's so powerful. Let me say this. God can, now it's a dangerous thing, but God can use anything. How many of y'all believe that? He even uses the devil, quiet as it's kept. 
And we know the devil going to the lake of fire. But God uses it. Okay, so, so what am I trying to say? Give it your best shot. Whatever your gifting is, give it your best shot. And that might take development. I believe that takes cultivation. You got to prepare it. You got to, you can't just, you got to work on it. Somebody say working on your craft, but you got to, you got to pray about it. You got to read your word about it, but say develop, say give your best effort, give your best. Okay. And then here goes the other thing. God wants us to serve people the way he wants us to, not the way we want to. So, so God wants us to serve people the way he wants. If you just want a, a, a streamlined statement, God wants to serve people the way he wants. He wants us to give the way he wants. And, and I have this point here that I have on my nose. It says we have to serve people even if it's not what they want. Even if it's not what they want. Acts chapter 3, verse 5. Acts chapter 3, verse 5 says something. And this is where I really want to, because I believe today we're blowing up insecurity. Say, de- say, devil, you won't make me feel insecure. Another day of my life, I rebuke you right now in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Look at what it says. I want to show you this. Acts chapter 3, verse 4. Actually, go back to verse 4. I want to see, I want you to see this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, you unique. You special. Amen. It says, Peter and John looked at him intently and said, what? Ha. Huh. Verse 3. Go back. Go back, Josh. Okay. Verse 3. When he saw Peter and John about to enter... Who is this asking him? Who, any Bible scholars? Who knows this? Who knows who's talking? It's a beggar, right? Y'all remember the beggar? Go, it's a powerful story. He's asking for money. What do beggars do? They beg. They ask for money. He said, can I get some money? Then verse 4 says, it says this, Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. In verse 5, he says this, the lame man looked at them eagerly expecting some what? What did he want from them? Okay, so he wanted one thing, but look at what happens. Verse 6, it says this. It says, but Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. Y'all know people you're on the street and no, no shade, but they, you kind of walk by them. You say, bless you, you know. And, but, but he said, I don't have silver or gold for you. And he says, but I'll give you what I, what? That's what we're talking about today. Not giving people what we don't have. We're giving people what we do have. Because if I give, see, if, if they would have tried to go and get some money, some silver and some gold, to go and bless this brother, this brother would have stayed in his problem. You missed it. Your uniqueness is what's going to change the game. You didn't get what I said. It's not about, what, it's not about giving what everybody else might have given before you. It's about giving what God told you to give. Because your giving is going to cause him to walk. Y'all ain't talking to me. Your giving is going to deliver him from being paralyzed. See, he said, I don't, I don't have what everybody else you've been begging for. I don't have silver or gold, but what I do have, I give to you. And because they're walked in their uniqueness, that man got up and started walking, and it gave an opportunity for souls to come in. Why? Because they gave what they had. And so many times, because of insecurity, again, we try to give what somebody else has. But if you give what everybody else given, maybe that person's going to miss out on their healing and their deliverance that, was co- that will come through your service. The Bible says, guess what? But I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ. What? Nazarene, get up and walk. 
Maybe some people are not walking in their purpose. They're not walking in the will of God because you haven't given them what you have yet. What do you have to offer? See, I know me. I get people get around me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, when it when it comes to sickness, I hate it. I don't like it. You will get you will get frustrated hanging around Pastor John. I know, but you know, Paul said my grace is sufficient. His power works best in my weakness. Sometimes you got to go through stuff, and I'm talking about get rid of the mountain in Jesus' name. I don't want to. I don't want to just walk through. I want to get because that's my gifting. People will get frustrated. But see, the other person will come around and just have a gift of encouragement. Strong, they say, brother, it's okay. You're going to make it. I say, if you don't get out this room, I'm clearing them out the room like Jesus did. Get out the room. Y'all don't got faith. Because, see, I know my lane. You got to know your lane. And then if it don't happen, then I say, all right. And I, I can encourage people too. But I know there are some people, they hang with people for 12 hours a day. I'm like, no, we need to be praying the fast for this person to come back from the dead instead of encourage them. I don't even like funerals that much all the time. Have you ever went to a funeral, and there's probably some of you in here, and you're going to say, what happened to that person raised from the dead? We don't even think that. I guess I'm the only one. I'm going to stay in my lane. I'm going to give you what I have. Because that's my uniqueness. When, when, when my dad transitioned, I was praying over him. I said, I know you did what you had to do, but I'm going to pray over him. I'm going to pray. I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed. And I said this, even though it didn't happen with him, I'm going to go pray for somebody else. I'm not going to stop just because he didn't get back up. Because that's what I have to give. And even if it doesn't seem like you get results, keep giving what you have. You were made the way you were. That feistiness in you, God can use that. Everybody trying to make you nice, don't get too nice. God told Ezekiel, I'm going to make your, your forehead, I'm going to give you a stubborn forehead. I'm going to make you stubborn because you're dealing with stubborn people. Don't try to make people pansies who's God called to be tough. Because you got to walk in your lane. And you can hear it in conversations. You get around people who just have the gift of kindness and the gift of mercy. They say, oh, no, we shouldn't have said that to them. You have some people say, the devil is a lie. They should have been here 10 minutes ago. They're giving what they have. But everybody got to learn how to give what they have in harmony. That's the key. Because everybody try to give it at the same time, it can cause a car crash. Y'all ain't talking to me. And you know what we do? A lot of times, whatever our gifting is, we try to make everybody else come under that gift. You got to pray like me. You got to quicken like, oh. Everybody not going, and especially the men. Don't, don't think men go be quickening all. Oh, you don't love them. Men might not go and grab somebody by the hand and get in dancing part. That might not be what men do. <laughs> if he ain't my brother, I probably won't do that. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> and it don't mean I don't love God. See, we manifest different. God has put a part of himself in all of us. And he calls for it at the appropriate times. Nobody has a monopoly on God. See, so you're unique, man. Give what you have, not what somebody else has. If 
they would have said, you know what, I don't, I don't have what he wants. They would say, oh, well, we don't have silver or gold. No, 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 they gave. They gave what they had. They gave what God imparted to them. And they gave it, and they changed a man's life. Use your difference to make a difference. Use your difference to make a difference. You'll even see this, parents. Y'all know about this. You got, you got some parents, and one parent is the parent of mercy. How many of y'all are the parents of mercy? Raise your hand. It might, sometimes it might be men, the, the dad is the, is the merciful one, but sometimes the mom is the merciful one. It depends. Sometimes men are just laid, more laid back. The women are, I'm going to whoop you. And, you know, my, my dad probably beat us. So I could probably count on my hand. I'm but my mama. But you need both. You need the mercy of God. <laughs> you also need the order of God. See, see, you even see this in parents. One parent will say, oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. One parent will say, no, they need, they're going to stay home tonight. They ain't going out tonight. Y'all know those parents? Do y'all know which parent was the merciful one and which one was the one that always wanted justice? But you need both. You need the discipline. And you also need the mercy. So, understand as people of God, God, nobody has a monopoly. Nobody has a monopoly on God. Nobody has all there is about God. You have the potential because you have him on the inside of you. But God has called you to walk in your lane, to stay in your lane. But you got to find out what your lane is. This is what he's called, because this is what's going to make a difference in this ministry when everybody begins to move in their own creativity that God has given them. I don't want my hand to act like my foot, because then I can't grab stuff. And I don't want my foot to act like my hand, because then I can't walk places. I want every part of my body to do what it's designed to do, especially. So when, when you're when, you're, when, you're, when your child asks you questions, they keep asking why, and they keep asking why, and you say, just shut up. None of your other siblings ask me why. Maybe God is going to use that, that intellect. He's going to blow on it. He's going to use it uniquely. Maybe that's a gift of a teacher in them. That's why they keep asking why, why, because they want to get understanding. See, even in church, some people don't. They say, where you? They say, what the pastor preached about? I don't know. It was good. See, some people are cool with that. Some people are like, no, I ain't understand nothing the pastor was saying. Those are people that want more understanding. It's not that everybody shouldn't get understanding, but maybe they have more of a gift of teaching. Y'all with me? Some people believe that a service was great if everybody fell out. Maybe they have a gift of the prophetic. They just want the presence of God, and they want thus say the Lord, and they want to move in miracles. Something. And other people say, no, I just, I really, I didn't, I didn't understand what was going on. I thought they were crazy, to be honest. That's the power of family, people. That's the power of a team. Because everybody, you know, when Shaq used to play back in there, everybody couldn't be Shaq. Everybody definitely couldn't be. Like, I looked at the Bulls team. Y'all remember the Bulls team? I'm going to take a little commercial. I'm going to come back. I'm really going to close. Y'all remember Dennis Rodman? Everybody couldn't be Dennis Rodman. He was unique. That's how unique you are. With the hair and everything. But I tell you one thing about Dennis Rodman. He could give them rebounds. He might not have had a whole lot of sense to people, but he could get rebounds. Why? He knew his place. And the coach was able to put them right. Where was, and then Mike, you know, he did what he did. And you had Scotty on there. And all of them. And, and, and so what I'm saying is, people of God, God has given you a uniqueness. And the devil's job, I believe, is to cause that uniqueness to lie dormant, to make you a copy. 
But if you copy what everybody else did with the silver and gold, you're going to miss a healing and a deliverance for somebody else. God, I thank you. God wants us to use what we have to give him glory. The Bible says in Matthew 5, verse 15, mm. Matthew 5, verse 15, it says, let your good deeds shine. It says, no one lights a lamp and puts it in a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a, stand, on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Verse 16, it says this, in the same way, let your what? Shine. So when we serve people, we give them what we have. The reason why we should be doing it is for all to see. Is that, it? Is that all? No. It says so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Mm -hmm. Praise your heavenly Father. That's what Jesus did. He gave us his life so that we would all come to the Father. He says there's no way to the Father but through me. Jesus' whole mission was to get more sons and to get more daughters for God that would worship him, that would glorify him, and that's what we do. When we serve people, when we give them what we have, our lives, when we serve them for the king of kings, our main goal is not to attract them to us, but to attract them to the king. Somebody should be praising God more because of what you have done for their life. Who praises God more because of your gift to them? That's what Jesus did. He's not a hoarder of praise. His whole job was to give everything back to the Father. As we close, there's a couple things I want us to do as we go out. I want you to take a spiritual assessment of your gifts and talents. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, do you have the gift of speaking? Do you have this gift? Do you have this gift? It's a question we should all ask ourselves. What gift do we have? Because if you don't know what gift you have, you don't know what you can give. Before Jesus, look at, look at this, there we go. Before Jesus asked them to give the fishes and the loaves, he, he said, what do you what? He says, then he said, also, he said, what? Go find out. Go find out. And that's when they came back and reported, all we got is five loaves and two fish. And when they gave what they had, what they recognized they had, God multiplied it. It may take some research. It may take some prayer. But God, I believe this year, wants to blow upon us our value in the kingdom. He wants to blow upon us our uniqueness. He wants us to go and find out what we have to offer. Because I can tell you right now, you do have something to offer. Moses probably didn't feel he had a whole lot to offer after everything he did. He ran because he murdered a man. But you still have something to offer because of the blood of Jesus. So take a spiritual assessment of your gifts and your talents. The other thing I want, I I want you to do is I want you to, after you figure it out, Figure out how to max out that gift. The Bible says use the gift well. Use it well. And then the last thing we need to do is we need to make Jesus Lord. We need to make him ruler all over again. We need to submit our gifts back to him. For Revelation chapter 4 verse 10 through 11 says something, and we're closing. Revelation chapter 4 verse 10 says, the 24 elders fall down and they do what? They worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, and they do what? Lay their crowns before the throne and say this. This is what they say. You are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and what? Power. For they what? For what? And they exist because you created what you please. Go back to verse 10. I'm going to read the end and we're going to close this. And they lay their what? Their crown. Who do you think gave them the crown? God. That's what all God wants us to do. He wants us to simply give back. 
what, we, what, what he's already given us. The Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. And that's, what, that's why when he says, give what you have, he already knows what you have. And he already knows that what you have is connected to an assignment. And here's the thing. If you give what other people want you to give, then you're not giving what he wants you to give. And you're in rebellion to him. Jesus was tempted, I believe many times, at least it was brought to him, to become the great Messiah that would reign and rule and take over the Romans. There's a day coming for that where he'll rule. But in that moment, he said, I come to seek and save that which is lost. He said, I come to give my life as a ransom. He had to give what God told him to give, not what people wanted him to give. Some people, I believe, some people can tell you all day long what God's will is for your life. But if you don't seek God's counsel, you can be totally out of the will of God and getting praise from men, but not getting any from God. I want to get praise from God. I want to get honor from God. I want to give what God has told me to give, and I want to submit it back to him. So, so, so what are you doing with the crowns God is giving you? What are you doing with the crowns God is giving you? Are you giving them back? It might be a crown. It might be a talent. It might be money. It might be ideas. What are you doing with the crowns that God has given you? Are you giving it towards the kingdom of God, or are you holding it for your glory? That's what we're saying today. We're saying when we give what we have, we're giving it so that the king can be praised. That's what Jesus said to do it. Let your good deeds shine so that men may praise your heavenly Father. Stand on your feet. We're closing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You have something to offer. You have something to offer. And what you have to offer will glorify God. It will glorify God. You are unique. You are special. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you right now for your grace and your mercy and your kindness. And Lord, I pray even now that you are blessing us as a ministry to go and find out what we have so we can come back and give it to you to bring you glory. We thank you that there are miracles waiting on our obedience. There are miracles waiting on us to give what we have. And I thank you, Lord, that you're turning water into wine. You are turning water into wine. And that, Lord, we won't look at what we have in our hands. We'll look at what will come out of your hand once we give it to you. And so, Lord, I pray right now that there's a miracle working power being released in the name of Jesus. And that what we think is small and insignificant will bring great impact, just like those five loaves and two fish did. Lord, I pray for that over us in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everybody say amen. Come on, say amen. Give a shout of praise to the Lord. Give a shout of praise to the Lord. Give a shout of praise to the Lord. Come on, praise. Come on, he gave you breath. Give it back to him. He gave you breath. Give it back to him. If you have breath, give it back to him. Lord, we thank you. We honor you. We glorify you. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for tuning in to this week's show. Were you empowered to become a team player? Let us know. Connect with us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Triad Christian. Facebook, Triad Christian Center. And you can also visit our website, triadchristiancenter.org. We look forward to hearing from you and invite you back next week to The Movement Podcast.